All right, welcome to another episode of Tyler Martinson's Reputation Rehab, and I'm your host, Tyler Martinson. Um, just wanted to first off just uh, apologize to the listeners uh, that haven't put an episode out for six months. Um, I was really doing some self-care. I, I took uh, some big losses um, with my family, and I've done a big transition in jobs, and uh, I just really had to take care of myself and my family. So I apologize for not putting out any content. But uh, things are back on solid ground, and then we're going to get back into it. So uh, I'd like to welcome to the podcast, Mandy Alexis. Hi, thanks for having me. Thank you for coming on. Um, yeah, you were, you were given um, recommendation from Vinnie Lilly. And um, I, yeah. I trust his judgment. And um, <laughs> he said that you have a great story to tell. And uh, I kind of looked on your Instagram and seen a couple of clips from some podcasts you've been on previously and was like, yeah, this is definitely somebody that I'd like to get on. So, uh, cool. yeah, thank you for being here. Welcome. And OK, so before the podcast started here, you were kind of kind of saying you're not in in Canada even right now. No. So I'm in Nicaragua right now. Uh, so it's like, right, shares a borderline with Costa Rica, just to give some content if people don't know where Nicaragua is. And yeah, I've been out here for just, just over a month. And then I was in Costa Rica for about five and a half weeks before coming here. So I made the, it was always been a dream to live by the beach to, you know, um, kind of have that more slowed down life and after a lot of recovery and healing um and making big moves i was able to make that that a reality for me that's awesome um was it just like winging it just like hey i'm just gonna up and leave and see where it goes or well, I had been going back and forth actually between like Winnipeg and Costa Rica for, for about maybe four years, just escaping our winters. And uh, I thought that I was going to make Costa Rica like my, my home. And then a friend said, like, come check this out. So uh, when it was um, time for travel, I jumped on a plane and just headed to Costa Rica and then just kind of chilled out there for a bit until I found a place to stay here. And now I'm here and I just going to see what happens. <laughs> That's amazing. So how, how long have you been in re your recovery now? So three and a half years from cocaine, 16 years of cocaine addiction started at 19. Um, but my relationship with drugs started way before then. Um, 12 years old, First time smoked marijuana, and then that continued throughout my like preteen and teenage years. By 14, 15, um, acid and mushrooms was put into the mix. By 16, ecstasy and all that uh, combined with alcohol. Um, then by the time 19 rolled around, you know, I was I was serving. I was going to the bar. It was there um and it just became my life um so yeah basically though like my entire life I have been using something which when I think about it is crazy to me now you know like back then I'm like oh I'm just experimenting oh I'm just having fun but like that's pretty fucking young to be dabbling in on um, all these you know alternate altering drugs especially when your mind is still very much developing at like those young ages and to have been, you know, throwing in all these like, you know, acid mushrooms, ecstasy, like these things to be altering my chemicals and shit. Like it's wild to think about. Mm -hmm. What do you, what do you think started uh, like you gravitating towards those things at that age? Well, like in like when I think back to like how I was thinking then I just wanted to experiment I wanted to see what other how other things would make me feel um but now being three and a half years into like my recovery and like my healing journey and really looking at like um how I grew up as a kid um and like traumas within that like 
I would say it was more that I was trying to escape my reality, right? Like, so yes, I wanted to see how other things made me feel, but because something that was happening within my life then didn't feel complete or didn't feel how I wanted it to. So what, what out there can make that happen? Right. So, but as a kid or preteen, I wasn't like, I wasn't looking at that way. I may have been maybe making it up in my head, just saying like, Oh, you're just trying it. But like, you know, like, we don't just try all these hard drugs because our childhoods are like super great. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Like I had an alcoholic father. Uh, I had some very traumatic things um, just within like the family unit and stuff. And like, you know, an alcoholic dad, who's like angry here, not there. Like sometimes he'd be gone for weeks at a time when he said he's going out for milk. Like, you know, like those things do something to a kid. <laughs> Yeah, it's usually the environment around you that that makes you gravitate towards those type of things. Um, escaping the reality, that's that, that's a crazy one, right? Usually when mm-hmm. things are, are good at home and you've got some supports and some really good friends and maybe some healthy activities like sport or some kind of extracurricular thing going on in your life, you you wouldn't be going to, to drugs and alcohol, but yet at such a young age, you're gravitated towards that. Yeah, so it's it's very wild to me just to think, like, okay, so three and a half years I've been on this uh, recovery healing journey. And for majority of my life, I was on this path of drugs and party and alcohol. And like within that, there's like traumas that are building and with because of the relationships I'm having because of who I was back then, right? So like boyfriend relationships, even some of the girlfriend relationships, because you know, it's not, we're, we're attracting other unhealthy people, unhealed people. And so we're all adding to our traumas by like the way we may be treating each other because of the drug, like the drug is always first, right? So it's, uh, you know, I, I can admit I, I made some shitty choices when, you know, I go out and party all night long and then I cancel on a friend the next day because I was too tired, right? Or still up, like, or whatever it was, you know? So um, I don't know. It's, it's, it's very intense to me to think that that was my life for so long. And now it's this, but I, it's almost like I barely like remember that life. Like, obviously I do, but like this life just feels like, yeah, of course, this is how I'm supposed to live. Like, you know, if I'm supposed to be clear-minded, I'm supposed to, you know, heal those traumas. I'm supposed to get a good night's sleep. I'm supposed to have healthy relationships. Like, you know, so it's, yeah, it's pretty intense that, that I feel like so much more, uh, what would be the word alive, I guess. And that this has been what my life should be right. Like, even though it's been like only this much of my life compared Mm -hmm. to this much of my life. Right. So, yeah. Is it almost at a point where like you, like, uh, this is how I say it for myself is that I, I can't even recognize that person anymore. Like where I was at the end of my, my addiction. And, and when I got sober, like the person I was in that moment of like, man, I, I wanted to take my own life. I hated everything about me. I didn't like what was going on. And now five years later, I look back at that person and I'm like, who was that guy? Like, and I'm like, why was he so hurt? Like, how come he, he wanted to end it all? Like, and I don't even recognize that person anymore. I can't even, I can empathize with that person, but I don't recognize them because I'm sitting on this other side of just a beautiful life. Like, like you said, right? Like I appreciate little things. Like I have a cup of coffee, you know, I wake up early in the morning. I get to read a book, like these little tiny things I absolutely love. And I can't recognize that person who was just so destructive in everything they did. Mm-hmm. The, did you kind of have that with that? old? Yeah, person? no, for, for sure. Like, you know, even my major thing is the way my mind operates. Like it was so scattered and so busy. And so like, you know, I, I felt very like unsure of myself and, you know, like there's lots of noise going on. Right. Like, and I know that I always had to be doing something in the sense of like, 
I would be laying in bed, like, like, you know, so the phone would ring. I'd be like, okay, tonight I'm going to get that good night sleep. But my mind's going like, da, 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 da. then the phone would ring and I would take it and leave. Like, I'm like, yep, cool opportunity to get out of this, like mess up here and then like go party and like, you know, whatever. And I would do it. Like now it's like, I, I can't wait to get into bed at 10 o'clock and fall asleep. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like, you know, and uh, like my mind is just like quieter. And obviously that took work. Like I didn't just stop doing drugs and then blah, blah, blah. Like, here we go. Things are great. Like there was a point the, where, you know, like my brain felt like it was on fire. Like I, you know, I felt so confused about like, like what the world was. And it was like, I had like, had just wild, like everything was re, re uh, building itself. Right. So the things I had been destroying forever, like it hurt my, my mind would hurt. And it was, but it was because it was healing. Like, you know, like, I get like pains in like my stomach and stuff. Um, Cause it was like relearn. Like I didn't eat all the time. Right. When you're doing cocaine, like you're, you don't eat. So, you know, just all these things that were happening to my body that were painful, but it was cause it was healing and it wasn't used to getting these like nutrients in the, and like little, like oxygen to my brain. Like it's supposed to our dopamine, right? Like we stopped producing it when we're giving ourselves cocaine because our bodies are like, oh, well, I don't got to do that job anymore. You got it covered. And then when you stop doing it, you know, your body needs to remember how to make it again. And mm. it, it hurt. Like for me, there were a lot of parts that were very uncomfortable and kind of hurt. But, uh, you know, I did do research around it. I wanted to know, like, what did I do to myself and what's going to happen to me? now that I'm healing. So I was aware that these things are actually positive things, but it's still like, you know, it was a very, you know, challenging part of the recovery, right? Like mm -hmm. getting through that hump of it being painful, right? Yeah. And it's, sure it's something that people too. fail to tell you getting into recovery is, Hey, this first like six months to a year, you're really going to struggle. And you're going to want to give up multiple times. And if you don't have some people around you that are supporting you or some good places to run to, um, I don't know about you, but I had like breakdown moments of like, why am I even doing this? Mm -hmm. Like I thought this is supposed to feel good. I've given up all my friends. I've given up all my acquaintances. You know, I'm, I'm at home trying to do all these healthy things and I'm not liking any of it. Like what is going on? And I think you nailed it right there of like, yeah, these, these dopamine hits that we were so used to going after they're not just coming now. And you're, you're kind of having to rediscover all of these new things that are going to give you those dopamine hits in a healthy way. And you almost yeah. feel like you're not going to get there. But if you can get yeah. over the hump, let this anybody in early recovery, let me tell you, like, you, once you get over that hump, it's a beautiful thing. It is a beautiful thing. And like, I do remember like crying to like my best friend and being like, why am I like, this isn't supposed to feel like this. Like I stopped so that I wouldn't feel like this. Like what is happening? Like, what's the point? If like, <laughs> I'm going to fucking feel like this anyways. Right. And yeah. like, yeah, it was it, but I, I had faith knowing like that it was going to get better, but still in those moments, like you just want to be like, I know how I can make this go away. Like, you know, and, but I also knew that that life was, I was done with that life. I knew I wanted better for for me and like my future family and for what I could give back to the universe like my plan was never to do like I had told myself oh I'm never gonna touch cocaine and then I did and then I'm like oh I'll just stop in a bit and then like I tried to stop before I actually like was like okay enough is enough and it's like I did it for a few months I stopped and then I was like okay like cool. I stopped for a bit. So now I know that I can, but then went right back into doing it for another like five years or something. So, and then it was when I finally decided like enough is enough and like really wanted to stop. That's when I was like, holy shit. Like, I can't believe it's been 19 years since I said, Oh, I'll just have one line, please. Like it's crazy. Yeah. And it's like, it's fun until it's not right. Oh yes. I say that all the time. It's fun until it's not. And even in those last years, like it, it wasn't really fun, but like it, I was addicted to it. Mm -hmm. Right. Like I would get 
drunk or have some drinks and it was a trigger right away. It was a trigger. Like even one of my friends would mention the word and I wasn't planning on doing it that night. And that was enough. Like, you know, like it was just, it was, it definitely had its, uh, its pause in me. And I don't think I wanted to admit that for a long time. Right. So I just like, let it be my life too. Right. It's like, Oh, I don't have a problem because I could quit at any time, but this is what I want to do. Right. Like, but yeah. Yeah. The stories we tell ourselves when we're in that active addiction, right? Yes, of course. And then like, you know, I also was like on the outside, I guess, you know, was progressing in a sense. Like I opened up some businesses. I was volunteering. I made it to family, most of the family functions. So it looked like, you know, what society says is success. It like, you know, I was doing those things, but my, my insides were failing. Like, you know, I wasn't, I was, like I said earlier, I was adding on to the traumas, adding on to the pain. You know, I wasn't taking my time in my twenties to, to see what had happened to me at seven, eight, nine. Instead, I just started doing all these, like all these, all the cocaine and just pushing it down further, but then adding it on, like I said, with unhealthy relationships. Right. So, because if you don't deal with your emotions, where do they go? They just stay there. And then you just keep piling them on. And then that's why these people you see have these like outbursts. Right. Mm-hmm. So when I was starting to heal, holy moly, was there some fucking outbursts, like tears, anger, like I like the things that I didn't even know I could feel basically, you know, and um, it was scary, but good, you know, like, because you're I I'm think- actually le- letting myself go through what I needed to deal with in order to get through the the trauma part of my healing right Mm -hmm. so and you need to go through it if you never feel anything and never feel it and process those emotions they get buried down and when it's unresolved comes out in yeah exactly like you said outburst it might be anger and you you might start self-sabotaging um not even knowingly like subconsciously just blowing up and getting in a fight at work and losing your job like anything right Mm -hmm. and i think for for so long we've numbed those emotions with drugs and alcohol that now you're sober and you're like oh i i I don't even know how to process these emotions because i've covered them up for like however long you said 19 years right yeah uh, yeah 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 it's just yeah it's crazy that like we haven't processed an emotion for more than half our lives Right. And, and yeah, now you're like, for me, I was sitting like 35 years old and it was like, I'm still having temper tantrums like a little kid because I didn't, <laughs> I didn't process any of that. Everything came out as anger. It might not have been anger. It was sadness. It, and it was loneliness. You know, there might've been abandonment there, but everything was just anger. I'm just going to get angry. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. And so I think, <clears throat> you know, it's important for other people who are choosing to go down this recovery journey that, you know, they have to also look at their pains and their healing and find ways to release it. Like, you know, I was very focused on my mind. So I learned a lot about the mind. I started meditating. I started um, listening to this gentleman, Dr. Joe Dispenza, who talks about rewiring and reconditioning the mind. And it, for me, I believe like a lot of it, starts from the mind because our thoughts are processed into our emotions is like, and our bodies, like if we're having negative, negative thoughts and bad, bad um, thoughts, then we're also destroying our bodies. And, you know, the reoccurring negative thoughts are going to keep us in that loop of wanting to keep doing the drugs because they kind of, they take them away for a bit. Right. But it actually, if you think about it, then doing the drugs just makes it worse because I don't know, I remember, you know, doing too much and then you get to that paranoia phase where you're just like, you know, you don't trust people or you think someone's outside your window or like, you know, like it's just, it's just a cycle of like, you know, the big, it's like, if they call it chasing the dragon, right? Like Mm -hmm. your first few are just amazing. And then it just gets worse and worse and worse. And then just continue down that cycle. And, uh, but 
But my point is that when you're doing the recovering, we can recondition our mind from all these paranoia or negative thoughts that we had had over and over again as the addict, you know, like we can change it. So our brain works on a, a more positive light, light vibe, right? Like we just have to put the work in, you know? Yes. Um, that, that's one of my go-to lines that I tell everybody is do the work. Like you want better, but you're not willing to do anything to get better. Um, it's there's things you have to practice for me, getting my, my headset in that positive mind state. It was to practice gratitude. I need mm, to be grateful yes. for all of the small things in my life. And if I can't be happy with what I have in front of me right now, what makes me think any more is going to make me happy. Right. And so one of the things I thought I started noticing in myself was to stop complaining. And every time I noticed I was complaining about something or being negative to just nip it in the butt. Be like, why am I complaining about this? And then realizing some of the things I was complaining about are like what other people are praying for that they wish they had, mm -hmm. right? Like here I am healthy, happy. I got a family, a job. I got, I got all these good things around me. And so I just tried to really focus on those things that, that I'm super grateful for. And then all of a sudden, yeah, like, I don't even know if you completely notice it, but all of a sudden you're like six months down the road, a year down the road. And you realize like, Man, I'm not complaining about anything anymore. Well, your brain, your your brain just changes, right? Because you've reconditioned your mind to see the, the the gratitude in life, right? And that was one of the very first like things that I did as well was I did gratitude every day. So there's a book called The Magic. So I follow. There's 28 chapters, and each chapter is a different practice on like looking at everyday life things but looking at it from gratitude and you journal about it and you find these things. And I just did the book over and over and over again. I was like, Hey, this is, this is going to just, if I keep doing it, it's just going to like keep putting that, those ideas and make me look for those things in the world. Right. And yeah, like before I even knew it, I was looking at the world differently and it happens slowly over time. Right. But then one day it's like, it just is who you are. Mm -hmm. Like, I remember I got into a car accident like a few years back and people would ask like, you know, about it or talk, like, you know, well, what happened to your car? Like, why are you driving this one? Blah, blah, blah. And like, Oh, I got in a huge car accident. Oh, that must've been so annoying. Like having to like, deal with this and deal with that and da, da, da. And I was like, well, actually, no, like I was super grateful that there was five people who stopped to see if I was okay. I'm like, I'm super grateful that one of them called the police and I didn't have to worry about that. And just like that police and a tow truck were there. I was like, I was super grateful that my brother dropped everything that he was doing and rushed to my side. So like, like make sure I was okay. I'm like, I was super grateful that I had an insurance company that covered my auto loss of use and I could have a car while I search for another one. Like, you know, and they were just like, <laughs> wow. Oh, wow. And I was like, yeah, like it's not, if there, if there's no reason for this to be annoying. There's no reason for this to be a frustrating process. Like I have all these things that happened that I was able to see because I had practiced gratitude so much that like I saw this experience in a completely different way, which made it way more peaceful for me after this crazy intense like car crash, right? Mm -hmm. Like where somebody like these people I was speaking to, they, they were going to add the frustration on, which, have, which would have made this a horrible experience. Like, yes, of course, a like, car crash was scary and it sucked, but I was take, like after I was able to take away and see just everything that I had after it. Right. Like, so yeah, in that moment I was like, Oh shit. I, yeah, my brain did it. Like I did it. Like, you know, like, so yeah, it's very cool. Yeah. It's, uh, and being like, I've been talking a lot about this lately about the, the people you surround yourself with. Um, you know, you can surround yourself with, with five people that they do nothing but find the negative and everything and complain about everything and nothing that ever happens to them ever makes them happy. And then all of a sudden you're in this like negative mindset all the time and complaining. And you're like, man, life's actually like good. Like, why am I even complaining? It's because you're surrounded with this negative energy all the time. Um, and why it's like super important to have people in your life that are like 
speaking life into you, you know, and, mm-hmm. and being positive and, and finding the gratitude in a negative situation, right? Like that's what gratitude will do is you can be going through a very rough situation in life, you know, say like, um, I'll use the last little bit of my, my life, for instance, losing a family member and then really realizing what that family member did for me in my life and the values that they taught me and how I can let them live on by, by practicing what they did that was good for people and helping others and how I can uh, like honor them going forward. Right. And so like mm-hmm. practicing that gratitude and having a journal, um, that's what I like to do. Just like you said, um, you will, you will start finding the positive in the worst situations. And, you know, that does take practice and it's very hard to do. And I mean, you can really go through it at times, but if you've practiced gratitude, you'll get out of those slumps a lot faster too. Right. Yeah. And I mean, it is, it it is uh, the human experience to feel all the emotions and like, Mm -hmm. I still get frustrated sometimes and like, you know, like, but I feel like there's a difference between complaining and then like, talking about a situation that may be frustrating or aggravating or Mm. making you like whatever and trying to productively either talk about it so you can find a solution or just like talk about it because you need to express that you're feeling frustrated about the situation complaining on the other hand when you're just bitching and moaning about like everything right like it it's different so um, I just don't want to have talked about this in the past. It's, it's good to clarify that, like getting frustrated and, and talking about certain things and complaining are two different things, because I don't want anyone to ever deny their feelings, right? Because it is important that we don't suppress our feelings, right? Like we talked about earlier, how that's what we were doing when we we're all the drugs that we are taking, but to understand the difference between the complaining when it's just like I said bitching and moaning or getting that frustration out and then using that frustration to you know because you want to solve an issue or because you just need to release something that made you frustrated but you're not complaining 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 all the time right like but yeah I think it, it, oh sorry sorry go on there, yeah there's definitely a difference for sure like are are you just complaining to everybody around you just for them to hear everything negative in your life or are you going to like a sharing circle or a men or women's group or a therapist, or are you going to a family member to maybe get some advice on how to move on from what you're complaining about? Uh, yeah, yeah, there's definitely yeah. a difference. And a lot of people will complain, but will not take anything that's given to them in order to help their complaints. And so you're staying there. Right. But then, yeah, there's those yeah. people of like, Hey, this is very frustrating in my life. And, you know, I really want to get behind it and I don't want to feel like this anymore. Like do you, do you think there's a way that I can get out of this? And yeah, like, I mean, men's groups and therapy, that's probably where I go to release that rather than mm-hmm. going to my negative friends in my past and just complaining about the situation. Right. So yeah, right. definitely. Yeah. You're, you're so right on deciphering those two for sure. Yeah. Cause like, I mean, um, I, I, I know that for me, I, I'd be confused sometimes along the way, like trying to like, you know, also with the whole, like, stay positive, don't be, don't show negative, like, but then you hear some things about what a negative emotions are. And then along my journey, I realized, like, there's no negative emotion. It's just like how you, how you deal with the emotion or how you're presenting it, your emotion, right? So like, you can be mad and angry and upset, but I don't think it's okay to like lash out on people. And I mean, yes, it does happen because also we have slip ups and oopsies, but then again, how do you deal with it afterwards? Do you own your mistake? Do you hold yourself accountable for like, you know, blow it, like, you know, maybe using a harsh tone with someone when you, you know, it was like your last straw. They didn't maybe, you know what I mean? Like things add up if you're not dealing with certain things in life, but you know, I think it's important for us to, be aware of how we're, how we're handling any kind of emotion and the negative and the positive ones are there. If you want to label them that, but way are there to help us grow and help us be better humans. And, and, you know, if these, these blowups do happen, obviously not, I, you know, I, I don't condone like, you know, calling someone really bad names and then thinking all you have to say is like, I'm sorry, but like, you know, like um, there's some times where you might just be a little bit rude to someone for some reason, or like, you know, snap at someone like with your tone, 
But then, you know, if you can look at yourself and say, oh, shit, like that, that was because all these other things in my life had happened. And this was the last thing that I could take. And you know how you know that if you if life circumstances would have been different, you would have been able to present yourself different in this situation. So, you know, once I started my recovery during my healing journey, I was being I was also able to look at myself better about how I was able to hold myself accountable in certain situations with people, right? When I was doing drugs, like you're so, I was so messed up. Um, like I get confused about if I should apologize, if I shouldn't, was I right? Like, you know, like it's just so much like, ah, right. And so even having like, for anyone who's thinking like, oh, you know, it's just so hard, like just to think about how much healthier you will be and your relationships will be and with people and yourself, you know, like you don't have, like, I don't know. I just, I think it's, it's really cool how once you, you let go of that lifestyle, like how you just open up this whole new world for, for getting to know yourself and others on a very different and deep level. Right. Yeah. It sounds like uh, when you were wrong, promptly admitting it. Right. <laughs> uh, uh, kind of what, uh, what that sounds like, you know, <laughs> not to bring that in here, but yeah, like I, I, yeah, I kind of yeah, live yeah. my life by a lot of those, those steps. Right. So yeah, like yeah, that nails it right on. Um, like, uh, what are some of the things that you did in early recovery? Like when you were like, Hey, I'm done. I don't want to do this anymore. Stuff's got to change. Like what was the process like? And what are some of the things that helped you get over that next step? Yeah. So you, like you'd mentioned community. So for me, that was something I searched for. Um, most of my friends were in the party scene. So like I did have to have some like really tough conversations with them and say like, look, I'm done this journey. If you're not, that's, that's your, like your past, but like, I need you to respect that to me. Like, don't invite me out. Don't tempt me. Like, you know, if you're, if we are out, do not bring drugs with you. Like, you know, and, um, you know, there were some friends that agreed and still would bring it out or whatever. So, you know, I had to cut off friendships. That was a big one. Like, like understanding that I was going to have to let go of everything I knew and everything I was and, you know, just know that I had to really embrace the unknown because I had known that's all I knew for so long. So just telling myself and letting myself know that I'm going to have to let go. The next thing I did was look for a community. So I actually stumbled on one on Facebook where it was a community of people where they just wanted to uplift other people. So you just became part of the community. And one of our tasks was to um, create motivational memes. So they were just like, yeah, just take a pretty picture and then just put some, like, just say some good words and like put it in the chat and start like creating them as also like you're writing them down. So it's one way of like instilling them in the brain right and then when you're posting them in the group other people get to see them and you don't know what these words are going to do for maybe one person 10 people in the group right so um I started doing that and I realized I had like this talent actually for taking like beautiful photos and then what I would do is I would actually match a motivational saying to the photo I took from from like uh, teachers of the mind and spirit. I had been reading many, many books to help also with my, with changing my mindset and getting me through this hump. So then me posting these like pictures and these memes that I had created, that I created into this group and seeing what it was doing for people. You know, you get those comments like, oh my God, this is exactly what I needed to see here today. Like, oh my God, like this is so relatable. Like this is exactly like the thing that got me through my day. Like reading those types of comments pushed me to keep being better, to help other people feel better. So like, um, so getting creative was my outlet, right? But I would encourage people to find something else that, lights them up because then when they're lit up it just shine it comes out anyways in many different ways right so going out there and finding things that 
they enjoy because if you think about if you're if you're into the party scene and into partying like you might have never had any other hobbies well fuck there's a whole world to discover that and like just fucking go and it's awesome i think because we have the internet and google and yes some things are going to cost money to go and try but some things aren't and you can just like you let like try them for free through online and lots of people give like free this for the first 10 things or free that right so you can just dip your toe and all these different things but just go out there and discover who the fuck you are right mm -hmm. like um, I think that's important. And along the way of doing that, you're going to find other people who can become your new community and pull you away from that lifestyle of partying, you know? Mm -hmm. And I, I'm honestly the healing thing. The healing thing is key that I dug deep because I needed to, I knew that I needed to remove whatever pain and trauma and heartaches that had driven me into that lifestyle in the first place, I needed to clear them out. I needed to like, I need to heal, heal those wounds so that at that darkness was out of me and I wouldn't go back into that dark lifestyle. Right. Because if that, if you don't heal the, the pain and the trauma, it's still going to linger there. And even if you are trying these new activities, I, I don't believe that you, you, uh, have you'll have more of a fighting chance sorry if you heal the traumas and the pain you know yes um the healing is is <laughs> i don't know man the healing i they don't tell you what you're getting yourself into at first when, when it comes to that healing and you know the wounds that are going to be opened up um but it's very necessary to get behind that hurt that we've buried inside for so long. You know, um, I, I like what you were saying earlier about the relationships that we get ourselves in, right? Like that trauma bond is real that you have mm -hmm. with all these other people in the party scene. And once you get away from that, I realized once I started healing myself, when you get yourself around this community of people that just speak life into you, like I have a men's group that, that I'm, I'm running tonight, actually. And these men absolutely have changed my life because we will sit there and talk about an issue in a healthy way and about our emotions and about the things that men go through. And, and I never had that with all these people in the party scene, right? Like it, it was such negative and like, yeah, you can, you can complain and your friends will jump on the bandwagon with you and complain how crap life is. And, and, you know, let's just have a drink about it and let's, let's just do these unhealthy things that are destructive. But once you find this community, that wants to continue healing with you, you know, mm -hmm. like, um, I was in a really bad situation. Um, a few days ago, I got some really bad news about like a really important person in my life. And I, I felt like I had nowhere to turn to. And I called this, this man that I have this, this men's group with, and he dropped every single thing he was doing and just came to me, stayed on the phone with me until he got to me and just like, was there for me. You know, and, and it's like, you don't even realize that there's this community of people out there that have that because the, the only community you've surrounded yourself with before are just people who are destructive, right? Like right. anytime I'm in a bad mood or I've gone through something bad, I've lost a friend, I've lost a job, I've lost a girlfriend. Hey, let's go drink. Hey, yes. let, let's, let's party. That's the, the like, way out of every problem, right? Yeah, you, we, if there was an issue, then we just went and drank and did drugs. If we were celebrating, we went and drank and did drugs. Like that was, you know, and yeah, like maybe, you know, for us girls, if there were like, we, there was some sort of problem, we might cry about it, but then it'd be like, oh, let's just forget about it and go party. Cause that's, that sounds better instead of actually working through what was going on. Right. Mm -hmm. Like. Yeah. And like, also for men, like, I don't know how you're, you grew up in your life, but my dad, fuck, he told my brother, men don't cry. Men don't ask for help. Like men like can figure it out. Like we're tough and holy fuck did it fuck him up. And I am so mad. And like, like I have to tell my brother all the time, like, it's okay. Like you can feel these emotions. You can cry. You can ask for help. Like you're not alone. But, you know, like they, there's this program that has been put in many, many men that you are, you're not supposed to talk about your shit. You're not supposed to feel these 
emotions. Oh, you're a pussy. If you cry, like, Oh my God, it drives me. It's, it's so upsetting to me because I've seen the damage that that programming has done to men. And I, I just, I'm so happy to hear that you have a men's group that, you know, have realized that shit, that's not right. Like, let's talk, Like you know, like you're, you're, you're breaking that generational cycle that has been distilled from, I don't know, I, I swear since the cavemen, like, I don't know, like forever. <laughs> I mean, I had the, the opposite problem. Um, I grew up in a house full of women and I currently <laughs> live in a house full of women and the field, uh, the helping field that I've got into is I'm surrounded by nothing but women all the time. And my problem was I was over emotional. You know, mm. I would cry about everything and I didn't know how to manage those emotions in a healthy way. And so with not knowing how to manage those emotions, like when I would cry, I would get embarrassed and now I'm embarrassed. So I'm angry. And it was like, well, why, why am every time I talk about a problem, I start crying. Like what's going on here. I can't hold it together. Right. Like I was emotionally unstable where now I can at least recognize why I'm getting emotional and what that is. And I'm not ashamed to cry, but I don't cry as much anymore. I don't need to cry. Like I always thought, well, that's what you do. Like there's a problem going on in your life. You're angry. You're mad. You're sad. You cry. Like I would literally cry about everything because there wasn't a male, like a strong male figure there teaching me how to control these emotions in a healthy way. And in, in getting myself around all of these other men who have really worked on that. Now I feel like I'm at emotionally stable place. And it's not to say I don't cry. I cry, but I don't mm -hmm. cry about everything. And then I can recognize when I'm feeling a certain thing. Okay. This doesn't like need tears right now. Like, I don't need to emotionally go through this with tears. Like I'm, I'm frustrated, you know, something's going on. How can we get behind this? Like it doesn't involve tears. Right. But I think one of the things that I've really been using, especially with the youth that I work with is that everything doesn't need to be anger, right? Like they, they're, they can yeah. cry. They can feel an emotion. You can go through stuff. That's fine. Like you don't have to get mad at it because I feel like that's where a lot of men go to is it's a, a default anger. I'm going to get angry. I'm going to be strong. Yeah. Like I'm going to put this tough face on, like nothing bothers me. And it's like, well, that's not life. Like things bother mm -hmm. us daily, right? Like we all go through stuff and, and there's just no need to, I don't know, on both opposite, opposite ends, right? You don't need to cry about every single thing in your life. And you also don't need to get angry and upset about every single thing in your life. Um, yeah. I think also like when you talk about, you know, like, being, you know, the triggers that people get, right? So it's like, if you're, if you're, if you're getting angry about all these like little things, and you're, you're getting like, really upset about all these little things, well, what are, what are these triggers telling you? Like, what is it within you that is, is may, may need to heal, because like, it just, it hits you, and then you're, you react, right? Like, mm -hmm. um, so learning how to recognize your triggers and then how to, to work through what, like what that trigger is. Right. So yeah, like the, the healing journey will, I believe is like never over. Right. No, like, no. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Which I also think is cool. Like I, I have come such a long way in my like three and a half years. Like, and um, I think like once, people start the healing journey, they'll realize like how much potential and how much power they have. And I think that they won't want to stop. So, you know, like really just getting that over like, you know, the hump that we started, but like we can learn so much about ourselves and like learn about our emotions and men and women can both learn that, that healthy balance, you know, of uh, how to handle all the emotions and stuff. So yeah, I don't know. It, talking about it is great. You know, getting your your voice, my voice, everyone's voice. That you like interview about their journeys and how they have come along in their healing and their tools and stuff. Like, because it also, I believe we're all so different too. That some of the things that work for me might not work for you, and mm. vice versa. But like, you know having someone else on the show, another one of your listeners can be like, oh yeah, that clicked. It could be just that one little thing, right? So like the more people talk about it and are open about it and it becomes more of like a, a natural, like, you know, thing that people do, then the, the more people will be able to, to learn from each other, you know? 
Yeah. And that's uh, essentially why I started doing this is because I realized that recovery isn't the same for everybody. It's just not right. Like um, the word God, you, you go mm-hmm. in different groups and you bring even just that word up and people are all for it. And then there's other people that are like, yeah, I'm out. Like, I, I don't even <laughs> want to hear anymore. Right. And um, I can tell from everything that you've talked about that none of it has to do with God. But I can sit here and be like, well, God is what saved my life. And that's my higher power. And if it wasn't through Christ, I wouldn't be sitting here right now doing what I do. But for me to come here and be like, you need to find Christ. And if you don't, this is all what's going to happen. It's like, well, you're going to scare some away, someone away from recovery and something that might work for them. And who, who would yeah. I be to tell somebody else that what worked for them to get themselves better is wrong? I just don't think that's quite Christ-like of me to tell somebody that that doesn't work. Right. And so I love having everybody on from different walks of life and have used different things to heal. And I don't think there's this one road you have to walk down in order to get there and that, you know, people are going to find their own way. And I like what you said with dipping your toes in a whole bunch of different things to find what works best for you. You know, don't just take it as gospel from somebody one person tells you something and think, oh, that's what I have to do. And if I don't do that, I'm not going to recover. It's like, well, there's a whole bunch of things out there that you could take a little bit from here, a little bit from there and put them together and make your own recovery and do your own mm-hmm. thing. You know, I think. There's... Yeah. No, no, go ahead. Yeah. I was just going to say, yeah, I mean, like, and I think people need to also be gentle with themselves during their recovery and mm-hmm. like you know, still hold themselves accountable, like don't, you know, but also be gentle, like, um, because then some things might not work. And then you might feel defeated and be like, I can't do this. But just, Mm -hmm. just know to keep going, keep trying, like the fact, because like you said, there's so many different things out there, and they'll find that perfect mix of things that works for them and just Mm -hmm. not give up. Like, I, I will admit when I first decided, nope, that's it. I still stumbled back a few times because I hadn't quite found like my perfect like combination of shit that was going to get me through. And, you know, like for me, my final straw was um, like, I was dating someone at the time and he had a kid and I was like, is this the type of stepmom I want to be? Do I want to have this shit in my life? Like, I don't, this isn't, the kind of mother that I'd want to be if me and him are going to build a family. Like, so that was my like last straw. I was like, Nope. And that was my click for me in my brain. Just Mm. like, what kind of mother do I want to be? What kind of woman do I want to be for this man? Like me and him aren't together anymore, but that he played his role, like him being in my life for that time, like helped me with my final push. Right. And so, Mm. but that might not be everybody's thing like that the thought of like what kind of mother they want to be it could be what kind of friend do they want to be or even just what kind of person they want to be for themselves or you know and you could said be a combination of too about your future family like you were already thinking ahead like do what i want to mm-hmm. be this for the family that i might have in the future um i think that's a good outlook to have too right like you're not just yeah. basing everything on the here and now but Hey, there might be some stuff in the future that like, yeah, would I want to be this? I, yeah. I like how you, you said that. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Cause I just, yeah. I mean, it's for me, it was important to like one, once, I guess once I reached a certain age too, I'm just like, fuck, like I'm not 20 anymore. Like I ha- like, is this, this can't be my life anymore. And you know, like I just really started thinking too about all the, the dreams that I had for myself like, you know, all the things that I've want, I want to complete. And I, I also knew I would never be able to do that if I continued down this, this path. Right. Like, yeah, but it was a, it was a very wild journey, challenging journey, but I, I don't, I, I do believe anybody who wants change in their life has the power within to do it. Mm. And they, they, sometimes they just need to hear that. Like, I believe in you. You can do this. Like, um, I, I risk, I really do. I hear people say like to me, like, Oh, you're so lucky you got out. I'm like, no, it's not luck. We all, I just, I just worked hard and I dug deep within, but we all have that within. 
Mm-hmm. So, you know, um, I just think it's important that people understand, like, they can do it and just don't give up. It might take a couple of years to reach that year mark, but, you know, don't give up. Like, if that that is what they want, then keep going, right? Like, yeah. There's, um, I shared this on my my podcast page, but it was a long time ago. And it's a quote that just like, a little bit more than a quote. It's like a paragraph, but it really helped me realize that like, I need to do constant healing. Right. And, and I can't even remember where I got this. I don't know if it was a Gabor book. Um, I read a, a Johan Hari book on depression. It might've been out of there. I, I, I can't remember, but it, it's great. I just want to read it real quick. And it says, yeah. until you heal the wounds of your past, you will continue to bleed. You can bandage the bleeding with food, with alcohol, with drugs, with work, with cigarettes, with sex, but eventually it'll all ooze through and stain your life. You must find the strength to open the wounds, stick your hands inside, pull out the core of the pain that is holding you in your past, the memories, and make peace with them. And when I read that, I was like, damn, like it hit me hard. And Mm -hmm. that's very powerful. It just makes you realize that some of the things that, that you do, right? Like when, when I have these moments where I get snappy, at other people, or all of a sudden I get really judgmental on somebody or I realize that, that that's all like past trauma stuff and things that I still need to work on and still need to heal with. Right. And I, I don't want to let those things get in the way. And so, well, um, like you said earlier, I don't, I don't think that healing journey ever ends. Um, I mean, I feel like I'm in a good spot where I don't need to be going to therapy once a month on the clock regularly, like I did Mm -hmm. when I first needed therapy. Um, And I don't need to like go to a meeting every day for 90 days. Like, you know, some you really need to do these things hard at the beginning, but I feel like I'm at a spot where I'm good, you know, but I don't want to lose sight of all the things that helped me where I, to where I got right now that you, you kind of got to be aware of those traumas and, and keep working at them. So it doesn't turn back into what they were before where all of a sudden I am running to drugs and alcohol to try and deal with some stuff because I've suppressed it for so long. Right. Or right. I might have a so block, just, freak out on somebody at work and lose my job. Like I don't want to do that. Right. So I think it's important. To, yeah. Sorry. You know, like you were saying, like being like aware of your triggers and then looking within like, okay, like it could be even something that you've already like healed, but it's like the next layer of healing. Right. Cause, and, but yeah, like it might not be, like you said, constant once you've gone through that big jump or like, you know, like breakthrough of of trauma healing and stuff, then yeah, it's, 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 it's like farther between the stuff, but it's still, you still get to like uncover more as you grow. Right. So it's very cool. Cause yeah, I feel I feel pretty good. Like, I'm like, yeah, cool. Like, you know, life's great. Like, you know, da, da, da. I think I got some shit under control. And then like all of a sudden something will happen. I'll be like, okay. Like my father wound was just triggered not too long ago. <laughs> so I'm just like, <laughs> okay, cool. So I guess we're, I'm not done with those daddy issues. Like give a call to my healer and be like, Hey, we need a session. But you know, like it had been months and months before, like that. I was totally fine with like, everything. And then all of a sudden something happened. Right. So, but if it's just being aware and then for me wanting to tackle that next layer of the wound. Right. So, yeah. Yeah. Those things that come back up, that's a funny one that you brought up because um, I was in a recently, like, I think within a month we're in, in the men's group and I was talking about my father, my absent father, who's never been there, whatever. And, and I, I'm putting on that, like, ah, man, you know, I really, like, I don't really care. Like, it's all good, this and that. And then you start talking about it and all of a sudden I'm crying and I'm like, okay, well, apparently um, it isn't all healed and there is still some stuff there. And, you know, you think you're at the end of something, but then when you really dig deep in it and you start looking at it, you're like, ah, there's still some more to undress there. And it's not as painful or as bad. And I think the longer that you've been on the healing journey, you find tools to help you cope a lot better when you do uncover something rather than going back to that destructive thing, you're like, Oh, okay. I recognize this. I know what it is. I need to um, get to therapy. I need to go to a men's group. I need to, I need to call somebody with some spiritual guidance, like whatever it is for whoever, right? Like 
Um, yeah, I feel like I have a lot better of a tool belt to deal with that stuff when it comes up rather than, uh, you know, first recovery, it's, you have no tools and you're just like, what's going on right now. Right. So yeah, I mean, stick with sure. it. anybody, I mean, this is why I want to have these conversations and why I'm glad you came on to, to let people know, like in early recovery, I know it's rough. I know it's hard. You're going to have to dig deep and, you know, you know, get some strength that you probably don't think you have, but you do and, and just go through it and feel it. And, and you're going to have to go through those motions in order to get to the other side, but getting on that other side is a beautiful place. And I think you're already more than halfway there if you've gotten clean. Right. Yeah. And I just like, you know, like just to think about the possibilities for, for yourself, like talking to recovery or people who want to recover, like what you can accomplish after you get through that hump and after your big push of healing, like the things that I've done since I've, you know, took on this just journey. Like I, I feel so proud of myself. And like, I think that's also important to start to celebrate your wins, you know, mm-hmm. like it's very um, socially acceptable to like, Ooh, someone graduated. Let's celebrate. Ooh, someone had a birthday. Let's celebrate. Oh, someone had a boy or girl or gender reveal party. Let's celebrate. Well, fuck, let's celebrate that two months. Let's celebrate that year. Mm-hmm. Let's celebrate that you like, you know, healed this trauma let's celebrate that you put up boundaries let's celebrate that you're out of this toxic relationship like those are things to fucking celebrate like and we forget or we're not taught that those are important things that will help us live to the potential and uh get the life that we deserve right like and you know like I made my mom celebrate on my three years. I was like, why is no one talking about how good I've done? Like you guys, like, you know, and I like text my mom and I was like, do you know what we're doing this weekend? Cause do you know what I did? And I was like, we're fucking celebrating. I did something <laughs> good. And she's like, yeah, okay. But like no one recognized it. But then, then I brought it up and I was like, no, I am making this important, you know? And like, cause it is like, you know, and I think people on this journey like celebrate every win and it will mm-hmm. help solidify how like cool and important and how far you're coming, you know, like, yeah, I think it's important for people to, to know that they can and that they should celebrate everything along the journey. And you need to celebrate yourself because not everybody's going to celebrate for you, especially someone yeah. who's never got sober on their own or someone who's never been in a, in a problem of addiction, they're not going to fully comprehend the steps you've taken in order to get to one year, two year, three year. Um, they can't celebrate it like you can, but yeah, you know what you did. Damn. That, that was hard going through three years. Anybody gets to three years, man, I'm proud of them. I'll commend them everything they did. Cause I know the steps that it took for them to get there three years, man, that first year is a struggle. Like that'll yeah. beat you down to the core. Right. But <laughs> I mean, I think you can get to a beautiful place, right? Like you're talking about going to Costa Rica, Nicaragua. I kind of feel like you're just living this like awesome free life of like, yeah, I'm just going to go here and try it out and have these experiences in life and not let anything hold me back. And I think that's mm-hmm. beautiful. Yeah. And I, I never would have been able to do this type of lifestyle if I was still living my other lifestyle. Like, Hey, I probably wouldn't have been able to afford it because all my money goes towards the fucking drugs. But then also just the way my mindset was and the confidence that I lacked in myself. And, you know, like, but I like, you know, I have very much dug deep into my self-love and my self-worth and, I want a fucking good life for myself. I want the freedom to, to do what I want. And it did, it took time. Like I didn't realize how unworthy I thought I was. And, um, until I started doing the work and, but I'm, you know, I still have my moments, but fuck, I've come far away. And I think everyone can do that. Like even listening to like podcasts like this, or I listen to affirmations while I fall asleep to help solidify in my, like in my subconscious mind that 
you know, I am worthy and that, you know, just it's, it's important. We have to change our, our thinking patterns because there's some people who probably think that they're not worth the recovery, that they're not worth doing this because whatever, like they don't matter, but you do matter. And they, and so even just starting with these smaller steps, that if it's not even just stopping the drugs, start listening to things telling you that you are worthy and to, to change those thinking patterns. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And that's the thing, right? Like, um, obviously when we're, when we're in the problem, we are not showing ourselves a lot of self-love, but I think we are all worthy and all deserving of, of all of that, you know, of, of the love around us, of the goodness around us of, of being sober and living a good life. I think we are all worthy, whether you don't feel it or not right now, you are deserving and worthy of it. And, and you should have it. And if you start doing these little things, yeah. And especially, you know, you get to a month, you get to two months, you start celebrating these wins. You're going to start gaining that self-respect and self-love and be like, yeah, you know, I'm proud of myself, man. I I made three months, man. I got six months. Like nobody thought I was going to do it, but here I am. And I did it. And yeah, celebrating that you're going to, you're going to gain that, that self-love and confidence within yourself. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It, I, and it, 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 but it does, it does take some time. And I just like, so for the people who are just starting this journey or within their first year of this journey, like, and maybe you're not feeling these things yet. Don't, don't give up on yourself. Like that. I just really need to stress that point because like we were saying earlier, there was a point where we were like, what's the point Mm -hmm. we're still feeling this shit, but now what you said, you're five years, almost, almost five, almost. Yeah. And you know, you're doing all these amazing things for yourself and your community. And, you know, um, we both at 1.2 thought, fuck, we can't get through this. So, but we did. And so can who you, who's listening, like anyone out there, like whatever it is, they're trying to overcome. Like you, you can get through it. I think there was a part for me too. Um, I don't know if you had this, like I kind of cried out, right? Like, why the fuck am I doing this? Like I've given up everything, like kind of like, uh, like screaming at God almost, right? Like being like, what is going on? Why, why, like why? Right. And where I'm at now, I almost feel like I needed to go through a little bit of that and feel that in order to gain the tools and get the strength to continue, you know? And now that I'm like on this other side, like if I didn't go through that, then I wouldn't have known what I needed and what I had to keep doing in order to like get to this healthy spot. Right. I feel like there's these like certain things we need to go through and certain steps that we have to take in order to get to that good point. Right. And if it just came like that, you wouldn't appreciate it as much. You know, I I really don't think you would. No, I don't think so either. And I mean, yeah, these challenges are, are put in our way to, to give us good lessons and to help guide us to discover the tools that we need mm. to help us later in our journey. Like, you know, because we're still going to come up with challenges along the way, but now because we've gone through this like crazy intense thing, we, we have these other challenges, which actually don't seem, they might've been huge challenges if we were still in that lifestyle but because of where we have come and now we have these tools and we've gone through this big this big struggle and like hurdle these challenges don't aren't as big right and they're a little bit easier to to uh work through because of what we went through Mm -hmm. you know so yeah Well, I really appreciate your time and you coming on here and um, all the wisdom that you've shared. I think it's going to go a long way for for some people listening, um, especially if they're in early recovery or having that thought of, I want to get into recovery, but I don't really know how to get there. Um, Is there any like last words or something that you didn't get out that you want people to know? Um, I just really think it's important people understand that like, they can do it. And I just really want people to, to, to not give up on themselves. I've already said all this, but I think it's important to hear it again. Like you can do anything, like anything is possible. We are powerful beings. Uh, we just sometimes need that little push to hear that you can do it. So I'm hopefully that voice for you, letting you know that I believe in you and you got this. 
Awesome. And where could people find you on social media or anything if they if they wanted to send something out to you or hear what you're talking about? Yeah, sure. So it's uh, Mandy Alexis Motivation is my handle on Facebook and Instagram. And if anyone wants to check out the art that I've created through the journey, my recovery journey, what helped get me through, it's MandyAlexisMotivation.ca. So they can see some of the pieces that is a big part of my journey to get here. Awesome. I will uh, put all that in the description for people to find that um, when I post this. Um, Really appreciate your time. This was an amazing episode. Uh, I'm really glad Vinny pointed you out to me. Um, Thank you all for listening.